Hey guys, what's up? I'm Shama. And I'm Tiffany. And you're listening to Chai Tea Party. This is a podcast about the underdogs, the brave, the creative, and the slightly off in the Daisy community. Today's guest is a recent master's graduate in sociology at York University in Toronto. Her research looked at the topic of skin lightening among Canadian South Asian women. She conducted interviews with South Asian women who lightening their skin as well as South Asian women who work as beauticians offering these services. She's really passionate about this topic and one of the most exciting aspects to her about being a scholar is having the ability to critically engage with larger audiences in creative and unique ways, which is why she's been heavily interested in social and non-traditional media to discuss the ways that darker brown skin of women remains devalued. Please welcome Amrit Dillon! <laughs> Hi, for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah thank you for coming. We're excited to talk to you finally, because I feel like we've been emailing back and forth for Yeah, we have. Quite we've some been time. playing email tag. Yes. <laughs> so give us a bit of a background on you. Where did you grow up? Were you born in Canada? All that jazz. Yeah, for sure. I uh, grew up in a. I grew up in the suburbs of Vancouver, so I'm a West Coast child, and I grew up kind of spending a lot of time outdoors, hiking, biking. Sometimes when I finally learned, <laughs> and uh, I found sociology in my undergrad at, at UBC, and I, I kind of stuck with it. After I finished my undergrad, I moved to Toronto for grad school, which is kind of how this research topic came about. And then once I finished, which was just a few weeks ago, I started working a few months prior to that. Nice. Okay. So did you, I know we've talked to somebody else who was in Vancouver and they said there was a pretty solid brown community in that area. Did you, were you still like very involved in the community or did you have like, did you find yourself gravitating to more of like different, I don't know how to say this nicely. White people? (laughs) Yeah, like having like more white friends or more brown friends, I guess. That's that's a that's interesting. I um, there is a huge South Asian community in a lot of different suburbs in Vancouver, but mostly in the city of Surrey. It's predominantly, uh, I would say, like different diasporas of South Asian people. So I kind of grew up having friends of a lot of different ethnicities. It's I find kind of um, there's a lot of different ethnic waves within different regions of Vancouver mm-hmm. but once I uh, moved to UBC and I was in school there full-time I found that I had kind of friends of a lot of different backgrounds that being said uh, looking back and reflecting on it a lot of my friends were other brown girls who had similar life experiences it was similar um, they understood when I said I can't come over I have a cousin's wedding for the next two weeks <laughs> and it wasn't an issue of like why are you canceling on me it was like okay I understand have fun yeah so there's common like like background that uh, kind of helped our friendship flourish and I am happy to say I'm still friends with quite a few of them oh same. that's great did you ever I guess it's different when you have similar people that look like you around you but did you ever have a moment where you realized that you were 
different or that you were kind of living like just being a brown person living in a more white community did you ever have a moment where you felt different or you like realized that you were a different skin color or culture um absolutely when i was about 16 or 17 my parents moved to a more predominantly white affluent upper class neighborhood in within um within bc and it's very very predominantly white so my high school and my later years was like seven brown people and i was one of them so i had that like switch of growing up in a space where i was surrounded by people who looked like me into a place where they were like so do you make butter chicken and i'm like i'm vegetarian so no (laughs) and like that automatic switch and then often getting told like oh you must only be half brown like that's not a that's not a compliment to me yeah there was like yeah there was a bit of a like juxtaposition of how um, how I viewed myself as like an insider versus an outsider and then like why I viewed myself as an outsider and it was usually the way that I looked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Um, so what really, what, your research is based on um, skin color and how women in, especially like in India too, you see all these fair and lovely and you know, I remember going to India um, right after I had taken a trip to Florida. So I was tan like I spent seven days straight in the sun and when I got to India every single one of my family members was like why would you do this to yourself <laughs> yeah. I was like it's called mm-hmm. a tan like everyone's walking around you know with umbrellas so they don't yeah. get darkened by the sun it, but I'm just like yes give me all the vitamin d mm-hmm. you can like I'm I'm in for this <laughs> and so so what made you decide to research this further Yeah, when I was in uh, an undergrad course, we had an option just to pick any topic in Canadian sociology. And I was, um, I actually still remember this day because it shaped quite a few years of my life. I was at a cousin's house and we were looking at a Cosmo India magazine that advertises. And I came across like L'Oreal advertises for skin lightening. And it was so blatantly racist. It was like, uh, I think her name, I can't remember her name, like, Karina Kapoor in an advertise. It's probably not her name, so I feel bad saying that. But one of the, like, hotter Bollywood actresses in an advertise for the Skin Lightning products. And it was just, like, the product was called White Perfect. And like, the, and, like, the advertisements were, like, if you want to be perfect, you got to be white. If you want to do these things, you got to use our product. And just, like, oh the connection gosh. was so blatantly racist. And we don't have those kinds of advertisers in Canada. So I took that magazine to a prof and I was like, I know this isn't a Canadian context, but I want to learn more. Mm-hmm. And then from there, over the years, I've kind of just developed this and found a way to research it in any class. And then when it came time to pick my own research and I kind of only wanted to do a master's if I could do this topic and it all worked out. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how it started and how it grew into my life's work until now. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So what, what have you learned through this whole experience? originally kind of came to this topic and thought that if women lighten their skin they're insecure about their ethnic background and they want to be more like white women and they want to have that whiteness associated with them and that's a a really um, I think negative way of looking at this and that was my first perception but as I got into the research as I learned more about people's motivations as I learned more about the psychology behind it I've learned that 
a lot of women lighten their skin in a more rational sense because women who are lighter in every ethnic group have higher paying jobs, they have higher educational incomes, and they have partners of higher status. So lightening your skin as a woman of color is not that much different as um, other sort other things that we do to increase our capital, like getting an education or living in certain parts of cities or having certain social manners. It's just one more thing that women of color can do to try to position themselves in a more uh, competitive playing field. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is something that has been very rooted in our culture for a long time. Um, light skin <laughs> has always been favored over darker skin. And even like when you hear my, my grandmother will compliment somebody to be like, oh, she's so fair. And do you, do you think that this is something that we're ever going to allow to fade out with these new generations coming in that are more accepting and more, more modern in their thinking? Or do you think this is something that's kind of here to stay? I, um, as much as I like to try to consider myself as not a pessimist, I don't see shadism, which is the discrimination of um, people based on skin tone, sort of moving away because the global economy for these products is just increasing. Like lately, the last evaluation was that it was $10 billion and it's increasing. And the women and the consumers who are buying these products more often are women who would classify themselves as um, middle-class, educated, upwardly mobile women. So I don't think that this pressure to have lighter skin is ever going to start to kind of decrease. It's all indicators seem to be pointing that it's people are consuming it more. Mm-hmm. And as our, like, as our beauty standards are becoming more global, as we're becoming more connected, there is an increasing pressure for women to look a certain way that in that region, they didn't have those specific pressures. So sadly, I don't see shadism and like the pressure to be lighter decreasing anytime soon. I wonder if like, and I know this is a little bit different since you're in Canada and we're here, but I'm wondering, like in my head, I think like with our new president in quotes, Mm -hmm. I wonder if something like that is going to be affected by the United States current situation um, and just how like we I don't even know how to describe it but it's just like the the nuances that have come along with this presidency and you see this huge divide among people of different skin tones um, I mean I think that the minority groups have gotten a little bit stronger but seeing that divide I wonder if that's going to have an effect somehow with how people perceive lighter skin tones or mm-hmm. Um, like what effect that will have around the world just because of this moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like since we were kids, like it's been, it's been, (laughs) it's been very dominant, um, like in the way that we buy products and everything. Like I've always seen it and I've never seen it decrease and I definitely don't see it increase now. Um, even from like all the Indian girls that would wear the blue contacts when they were middle school and high school and you know um, even like just like the hair grooming and stuff like with going with that then they're also using that product over their skin to like bleach everything else you Mm -hmm. know and I'm just like like what you were saying I'm right I don't think it's going to end like I just think there will be more avenues for people to do that you know instead of awareness of the other side it'll just be like okay well let's make it easier for people to do that because it's clearly their choice when really it's the fucked up sandies that we have well and it's an industry right like yeah Mm -hmm. at the end of the day like it's a business that 
these people own. So mm-hmm. they're going to want to obviously like allow this to continue right. and mm-hmm. sell their products to people mm-hmm. that believe this way. Right. So, and like Fair and Lovely is its own brand, mm-hmm. right? Like they're not, they don't have any other thing, you know? Yeah. Like, and even for L'Oreal or any of those other companies to get rid of one product because of morality, like, yeah, right. <laughs> That's not good. No, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned that because in it Dove has their like North American advertising, which is the, like embrace your beauty campaign. So they'll yeah. do more things like use natural products. Mm-hmm. But Dove in India has, so they're all owned by Unilever. Dove in India has skin lightening products. And it's not about embrace oh. your beauty. It's like one, like one of their advertising schemes was like 70% of women in India wish they had fairer skin. We have oh, the solution. Wow. So it's interesting, like just that Dove tailors its marketing different ways mm-hmm. depending on who the different consumers are. Yeah. Which is a smart business right, tactic. Right, exactly. Yeah. Like, is, how much is. of that can you be but, that angry at? Because right, that's but just if you how... are that big of a company, you can encourage people to not be like that. If you don't sell the product, people are not going to buy it, you know? That's so, the like, thing. Like, there's a social responsibility exactly. attached to that. Mm-hmm. But, like, like, when you have that who cares, right? You're getting your money. Like, that's right. the mentality of businesses, yeah. mm-hmm. though. Oh, that makes and, me so angry. Like, it's, it's actually really funny that you mentioned that because, like, doing this work and then now working in market research, I did a lot of digging into Fair and Lovely. And mm-hmm. so, like, they, they kind of, it's kind of that age-old question, like, did the chicken come first or the egg? Because they, they always say that, like, we, we're not creating the desire for light skin. We're just uh, answering the, like, the need in the market. Right. Whereas, like, I think as, uh, like, and you guys as well, like, as more social justice-oriented people, we're kind of taking a step back and saying, no, it, it's not that you're creating the desire, but you're definitely feeding this giant desire for light skin. Mm-hmm. And right. then Dove, I, I, Fair and Lovely, if I'm not mistaken, has their own, like, corporate social responsibility um, sort of scheme that they roll out, and it's because, like, women want to be light, so they provide low-cost uh, points for mm-hmm the products so it's just kind of like mind-boggling that that's their definition of corporate and social responsibility and it's 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 different right so even like you're saying that you see the the desire for still wanting that light the light colored skin in india and here in the u.s right now we're on this big movement of love yourself love your body love your natural face like don't need to wear makeup but then you know they're they're ultimately, like you said, they're feeding into whatever fat is going on right now. And insecurities yeah. that people already have. They're yeah. intensifying those insecurities, playing off of that and saying, okay, well, you don't like that one thing about yourself, change it, you know, instead yeah. of saying, okay, but look at all these other great things that you have, you know, mm-hmm. not enough people are speaking up, but like you're saying, like we are trying, there are companies that are trying um, and even just celebrities that have that big platform that people will listen to them they are they are trying to work on that too you know like be yourself like alicia keys you know yeah right at no the man. same time okay. she is a light-skinned black girl like i, I don't know so <laughs> i mean i have I, I have the same thoughts about that too like i think jennifer hudson is a beautiful woman but if she tried to do that you know that she would get much more backlash. i don't know like that's yeah. just my opinion yeah. you know i mean um, jennifer no hudson was also that, like but... the weight watchers both right. person forever because yeah. she dropped all that weight yeah. and people are like oh now you're beautiful oh that's true right yeah and now she gets cast and everything but it's that's just a good like point. Right. she's beautiful in american idol exactly she could have won but exactly <laughs> i'm just saying she there's something seriously wrong with everything in the world <laughs> I agree. That's why you just have to drink more jaw and just kind of hope that it yes, fixes itself. Yeah. Sometimes. Cheers to that. Yeah, yeah. We'll cheers to that. <laughs> All of us. Cheers. Yes, cheers. <laughs> mm. 
it's I think like if you sit down and think about it and have these conversations it's a great thing and it also is kind of terrifying to think of like just how our how the, all of our corporations work this sounds like so yes. like screw the man but I right. mean like also kind of screw the man yeah but I don't know man it's just it's not I think that there are it's harder for people to go out and do something positive that you know we needed we need as a culture we need as a community because (laughs) because there's no money to be made so people are doing this stuff like on a volunteer basis you know so it's harder to get people to step up into that role that we that we want everyone's like you know not me but it's great for that Mm -hmm. person right and as soon as something becomes monetized on a big scale there's different stakeholders and then there's different people that you have to kind of keep happy or that funding runs out or Mm -hmm. like just the if you are thinking about like doing research in a bigger scale you have to kind of when you want to get funding you have to appeal to the funding body and kind of twist your research in a way that it looks our mandate and so it's, it's always like there's so many hands in the pot that it, it kind of just never turns out to be what you originally anticipated doing mm-hmm. and a lot of the actresses and actors um make a lot of their money by sponsorships and being spokesperson right. spokespeople right. for a big brand so if they wanted to take a stand and say something, they could easily lose millions of dollars, any potential new clients. You know, it's just, it's so hard because you have to be a strong enough person where you do what you believe in, like. Regardless of consequences. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then there's people like then, Sophia yeah. Bush, who is like amazing and she like does all this stuff. And then there's still those people that come back, but you're white, so it doesn't really count. And it's like, what are we going to stop that? You know, like, why can't we all just, you know, come together? Yeah, exactly. Wasn't Kajal, like, the spokesperson for Fear and Lovely for a while? I think she did a few commercials. Ashraya Rai has done them. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Every single actress has, like, most of them have had some relation to it. Mm. And then I'm kind of also of, like, the thought that, if these brown women want to make millions, like, they should do it. Like, why mm-hmm. I'm supporting them in yeah. that way that mm-hmm. they're being smart business women and they're taking advantage of their stardom and the fan right. base. Mm-hmm. But at the time, it's it's disheartening to see that the lifestyle products that they're getting selected to represent are things that essentially say, like, if you want to be as successful as me, you're going to have to be lighter. And the majority of South Asian populations will never have the fair skin tone that a lot of Bollywood actresses have. So there's this huge disconnect of like, I'm like you, I wasn't, I was dark and I lightened my skin. Now I'm famous, but like how light could the majority of South Asian people really get? One um, thing I wanted to ask you about is did, have you seen, um, I might cut this out, but my roommate in college, she, uh, She's she's South Indian, so she's she's got very dark skin. She is oh okay. gorgeous. She's like one of the most beautiful people I ever know, like mm-hmm. just inside and out. She's stunning. And in college, there was a girl that um, who had behind her back said like, "Oh, no one will ever love her because she's so dark," <gasps> or like she'll never get a guy because she's oh, so dark. It's disgusting. And this girl was born here, raised here. Like she's. Um, I, I like my mind was blown when I heard this and I was like, you've got to be kidding. Like we're grown people in college, like all part of the same community and friends groups. Like, how can you say something like that? So, t- so I can cut that out. But like to rephrase, what is, what do you think? Or I guess, how much do you think that we still do this to our, each other in a community on a smaller scale? So we're not looking at celebrities, but we're looking at our peers and our friends or, you know, people that are, 
in our same generation. Do you think that mm-hmm. still happens as much as we think it does? Absolutely. One of the themes that came out of my research is that it's more of our socials, like our immediate social circle that polices women and encourages them to lighten their skin. And one of the women that I interviewed, she told me a story about when she was younger and in high school and um, growing up in Vancouver. And there's not like it's not a very sunny or hot space. So when it was a sunny day, it was kind of like, let's all go outside. It's nice and sunny. But her friends in her friend group would like cover their head in any musical so they wear a hoodie and then on top of the hoodie they'd put a towel on so that they wouldn't get darker mm. and so that sort of policing of just the girls bodies themselves led like the woman that I spoke to think it wasn't something that was top of mind for her but seeing people that she was friends with doing that led her to think like well if my best friend doesn't want to get dark I shouldn't want to get dark mm. either and so that kind of like micro policing of getting dark was something that she kind of grew up with and as she got older she traveled and her mom would say like you're so dark when you came back and it is a lot of the times it's immediately the media action that women take to lighten their skin is usually by their their moms or grandmas or Mm -hmm. friends and then the larger they look at the larger like media systems than it is like women who are lighter are in the top positions but like like you're saying it is definitely like the the friend groups that encourage women to lighten their skin a lot of times that just blows my mind I have a lot of friends who are different, um, biracial, multiracial, so there's a lot of different histories there. But in, in some contexts, like saying, asking me or somebody who looks like me if they're only half Indian is not a compliment because that takes away the history of colonization in India mm-hmm. and so much pain and like suffering that was felt by people there and just like the real lived experiences of a lot of sexual assault and a lot of rape and a lot of forcing things onto people that they're not comfortable with so when people ask me like oh there must be some white in your background or your or your someone in your family must be white and it's like as far as I'm concerned um if like generations ago in India if somebody in my family like introduced a white partner I don't think they'd be like oh oh, hey, this is my white boo thing. It would be more like, this is, right? Like, this, this, there's a history of colonization. And sometimes we forget, like, what really that means when that was happening. Like, Mm -hmm. these are white male bodies who have power over entire, like, areas and communities. And what that actually entails is not pretty. It's not like, oh, you have light eyes and, like, you must be half white. Mm -hmm. It's like there's a lot of other stuff happening behind the scenes, behind the generations that we forget. That's so cool that you brought that up because I don't think people, and even for me personally, like I've never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's so true. This just goes back so far. And like you telling me that I look white is not necessarily a good thing. Like what if that means that somebody in my family was assaulted years ago? You know, that's like what I think as well. Like to put it very blatantly, like that's that could have been something that happens in your family. And it's like. And now you're saying, oh, that's a compliment. You should be honored that you have some white in you. <laughs> Like, what? Are you kidding? That's just insane. That's insane. That is like... And it's usually like grown-ass adults who argue this with you and you're Mm -hmm. like, just take a step back and think about what you're saying right now. Yeah. Oh, white people. (laughs) Like, (laughs) damn. Yeah, no, I still get that like all the time. And I know she got it a lot more when she had the blonde hair as well. Um, Oh my gosh, And we haven't really talked about it in the last month or so, like, since she went back to brown. But, um, yeah, get it all the time. Like, oh, but you don't look Indian. Like, and your you name don't... is Tiffany, so <laughs> yeah. it makes it a little bit harder for people to get it. like, oh, like, you know, you must be half white. And it was funny because I actually had a job two years ago where people are like, 
like you're lying to us like you are half white like you have to be like whatever I'm like no like either way why would I lie about what I am you know like I'm 100% Indian Mm -hmm. like my parents are Indian I I don't understand where this is coming from Mm -hmm. and that's I still had the blonde hair then and I was like you know I get that I look ethnically ambiguous but if I'm telling you I'm Indian I'm Indian and then we had this intern that came in who was half Gujarati half white and we looked the same. Like, everyone thought she was, like, my little sister. So they're like, well, she is. So then you're obviously lying. And I thought, people can, wait, what? But every single person there besides the two of us was white. So just imagine, like, the shit that we went through. And she was you're like. You're like the barrier. They're like, oh, like, there could be different ethnicities. But, like, we'll just take it little step by step. Yeah. We'll just, like, <laughs> learn with, like, what it is being around someone who's only half white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that people that don't come from a necessarily cultural background know how to navigate the different races and identities that people have. And they want you to like hold their hand through the process and explain everything to you. Mm -hmm. Like, no, I'm not going to give you a gold star because you didn't say something racist to me today. Right. You know, like, come on. Yeah, I'm not going to give you, like, I'm not going to give you a pat on the back because you know more about the best Indian restaurants in Toronto than I do. Oh, yeah. Or you have that one Asian friend from college. Like, I don't give a shit. You know, like, you're not, you can't, like, put up a picture with, like, your one black friend and say you're not racist and then, like, go off and, like, say all these terrible things about people. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like, I do give props to people. I don't know if it's, like, a good or bad thing. Um, that are excited to learn like new cultures because I know lots of people there are good ways that people make efforts to ask questions and to learn like I have this friend um, this co-worker who's in her 40s maybe 50s and she is amazing she actually was mm. she's one that read Tiffany's Brown Girl magazine article she like follows the, the podcast and stuff if you're listening Jennifer what's up <laughs> she's hey, always... Jennifer from Toronto <laughs> what's up girl <laughs> She is great. Her and her husband try Indian food all the time, and they, like, they frequent the same restaurant my dad and I always go to together. And she's always, like, asking questions, and, like, I'll bring her food from home sometimes and, like, let her try stuff. But she's just, like, a perfect example of being able to ask questions and and be sensitive about things without, like, blatantly being ignorant or, like, Mm -hmm. and she just does a very good job of it. I don't even know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between appropriation and also like cultural appreciation and cultural fluid mm-hmm. fluidity and it sounds like tiffany is falling more into the healthier second bucket of that yeah yeah i agree <laughs> jennifer yeah yeah she um i think Sorry, so. jennifer. <laughs> other white name it's okay <laughs> you're part of the problem <laughs> okay. don't say that don't say that <laughs> Totally kidding. Um, but at my work the other day, I had texted her this. Um, there was a Middle Eastern guy. English was the second language, but he was pretty good at English. Um, but he was sitting there for a little while. I work at a law firm. He was waiting for his lawyer. So he was just sitting in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And no words were spoken, you know. And then all of a sudden he goes, I really like spicy food. Are you Indian? <laughs> that was his small talk. And I was furious. But I can't say anything, obviously. Um, so immediately I texted Shama. I said, what is happening? <laughs> Why was that the thing that he decided to say? He could have easily said, hey, weather shitty again, huh? You know, like, <laughs> I would rather have a weather conversation than that. What did that have to do with anything? If I was eating lunch, maybe. But even then, you know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> but people always want to, like, say something that they think is relatable, but when really they just sound ignorant and dumb. It's just like the first sort of stereotypical 
cultured Bollywood thing that comes to mind. Like, oh, spicy Indian food. You're Indian. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, do you watch Bollywood movies? Are you... Do you eat a lot of Indian food? Like, that's, like, the same couple of things that you hear over and over again. Can your oh. mom bring me butter chicken? Yeah. Do you speak Hindu? No. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you speak Indian, too? Yeah. Do you speak oh, Indian? Yeah. yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Of course. Um, in my college, the um, Indian Students Association actually made a t-shirt that said, do you speak Indian on the front? And on the back, it said, no, I speak. And then it had an Indian, uh, the map of India, and, like, all the different dialects in India. And it was really cool because, like, we get that question all the time and we would wear those shirts with pride. We're like, hell yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's That's so smart. I usually, my clapback is like, um, no, I don't speak Indian, but I do speak really well Canadian. (laughs) And they're like, oh, I get it. Yeah. That's very smart. Oh, that's great. Oh, I didn't steal that. So what are your tips for people that are still stuck in a men- not well okay whatever if they're still stuck in a mentality that having lighter skin equals being beautiful there's a few things I think one of the things is um something that happens a lot in my family is and I've spoken about this before is when there's a kid that's born usually a baby girl one of the first few questions they ask is what color is she mm-hmm. so I think combating that at an older generation helps because that's that's sort of like that initial um, mindset gets triggered right away, like when the baby is still less than a year old. And that follows women well into adulthood, well into mm-hmm. different life stages. And then between friends and if, if um, so in a, quite a few instances of my research, I was talking to women as they're dating different men or they're sort of getting into more lifelong partnerships. A lot of the times it is like, maybe he doesn't like me because I'm not light enough or, or one of the girls that interviewed gave me the, one of the best quotes I've ever heard. And she was like, maybe I'll just look for a partner in the winter because I'll be lighter. And in the summer I won't find love. And it's like, it's right. Like it's, it shouldn't be seasonal and you should, I think we should take a step back and, um, sort of evaluate what we think is beautiful. And one of those is just in our friend groups, like. When you're scrolling through Instagram and you stop on someone, you're like, check this dude out. It should be more about, like, he has a cool personality or these different reasons, not necessarily what he looks like. And then also, like, different gendered stereotypes for women. It's more appropriate for men to be darker because it's it's more masculine. It's mm-hmm, it's yeah. more hyper-masculine. It's all of these different things. Whereas for women, it's it's more feminine to be light and to just kind of be aware of those things when you're, when, um, you're just kind of hanging out with your friends and talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think even, I guess, going more into that, like, how do you talk to a generation that's, that is so stuck in their ways about everything that they're not going to want to hear you say something about skin tone? Like, even, I know even with my grandmother, it's hard. Like, she's getting older. Her English isn't, she doesn't speak English as well as she used to. And she's very much, like, just, she's 86 years old. The woman is stuck in her roots. You know, what are you going to do? Um, I guess more specifically, how do you talk to an older generation about changing that mentality? Um, you know, as people that are, you know, in their 20s dating or like getting engaged to people, how do yep. you combat that? One of the tricks that I've sort of learned just in general of facing discrimination is when someone makes a statement, I just ask them why. So when, when my grandma, like my grandma does the same and she'll, she'll be watching something or we'll be looking through something or as we do, we'll be gossiping about people and she'll say, mm-hmm. um, you know, like so-and-so's wife is 
pretty because she's light. And I just say, like, Bibi, why do you think that? She'll be like, so-and-so's girlfriend is not pretty because she's not light. And I say, Bibi, why do you think that? And then, and then, and then as soon as she kind of starts describing their characteristics, it's like, you know what, maybe she's not such a bad girl anyways. And like, I find that with, um, like, it works across generations, it works across groups. As soon as you ask people to explain why they have a sort of like prejudice or discriminatory view, once they start unpacking it themselves, they realize how messed up what they're saying Mm -hmm. is. That's a great answer. Mm -hmm. Like just giving them um, a prompt like that without any, without making it sound malicious or, or like you've already decided yourself, just very open-endedly asking them so they can explain it. That's a great idea. Mm -hmm. I've never even. And it also works to like, if you just kind of play stupid when they're like, when they make a racist comment and you're like, Oh, I I don't get that. Like, why, why do you think Indian people are cheap? Like, what do you mean? Can you explain it? And they're like, uh, um, cause like, you know, uh, and they're like, right. then they realize they shouldn't say it. Because <laughs> right. it's just something they say. Yeah, there's no meaning behind it anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do that with my uncle and aunt. Like, I call them out. Um, a lot of times my aunt will be the same way and she'll be like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, you're right. Like, I, I didn't mean to say it like that or whatever. But my uncle will say, it doesn't matter what we say. We're going to argue about everything. And I'm like, all right, fine, Kaka. You know, we just, like, end it. Like, <laughs> okay. What's for dinner? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I think that's... Because when I first got my hair blonde, my kaki said your hair looks really nice. Like, you look really good. And I was like, thank you. She's like, but why Why do you want to look so American? I said, Gaki, if you forgot, I am American. I've been here for 29 years. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, you know what I mean. I was like, yeah, good, you meant to one. say white, but you can't. A, I don't look white. Like, the blonde hair did not make me look white. And number two, like, American is not synonymous with white. That's exactly the opposite of what we're trying to get at, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, so I call her out every time she says something like that. Or like, oh, yeah, this American girl at work. And I'm like, mm, everyone should be American if they're working at the government. You know, because like my, or my uncle yeah. works um, for the government. So like, yeah. everyone has to literally be American. Um, yeah, they, they especially you with your uh, new presidential campaign and elect, I won't get into that. I'm so happy to be Canadian right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got Justin Trudeau and he has great hair. Oh, I know. You guys, oh, you got a bit over there. I well, so many fucking feelings about this. Yeah, Trump. We just we've been having a lot of, <laughs> yeah, we've been a lot of emotions about it. Yeah, um, we've yeah. been talking to our therapists about it. Literally, like, literally yeah, breakdowns yeah. with. Oh goodness, it's just awful. Um, another thing I wanted to mention that you had discussed earlier about the different avenues that women lighten their skin, yeah. and this wasn't something that I explored too much in my research, just because the scope of the masters is not that big. Mm-hmm. Um, a thing that I've uh, with the different segments that I interviewed, a lot of millennial women, and I kind of would fall into that category myself, we're more cautious of sort of the harsher products that we put on, and we don't want to engage in the different products, treatments, and procedures, because some of the procedures involve injections and oral mm-hmm. treatments for lightening your skin. So a lot of women are very careful of not doing too many harsh things. So we use a lot of like digital presentation of self to lighten ourselves. So that means mm. the Snapchat filters, and the Instagram yeah. filters and the way like, it's a more temporary controlled version of skin lightening that a lot of young people are engaging in. Yeah. And have you noticed that on Snapchat, anytime like people say like, oh, like my skin looks so great in this one or um, my makeup looks so fun in this filter. Always blue eyes. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And, and like green. they, uh, green, yeah. they uh, slim out your face. So yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Cheekbones yep. And your eyes are bigger and your right. skin is definitely clearer mm-hmm. and whiter. Mm-hmm. So that's one way that um, younger people are engaging in skin lightening. That 
I've never even really thought about that, but we do participate in it, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. even the snap of, uh, we had an event last night, and I had snapped about it, and I used one of those filters. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just crazy to think that even even something as simple as a Snapchat mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. changing the way that we look at ourselves. Yeah. Uh, because we like yeah. all these cute filters. Mm-hmm. And we want cute. the world to see us at our latest, I guess, you know? Because, like, we're yeah. not saving it yeah. for ourselves. Like, we're sending it out to the public. Right. Um, as, well, as well as Instagram. And, like, if you think about the different filters that um, people post if they're pictures of themselves or selfies or just a picture taken of themselves, it's usually a filter that will sort of... Um, bring to light oh that's a terrible one but uh, <laughs> accentuate, accentuate their better features and often for women of color that means not having like dark shadows on their faces mm-hmm. and or doing like really okay. flattering black and white pictures mm-hmm. yeah that's so true it's interesting to see the way that i'm sorry no, no, no. Uh, it's interesting to see the way that technology as is evolving and as the way that we communicate with each other is changing that the media is somehow keeping up without us even realizing it yeah yeah until we actually sit down and literally Discuss talk about it. it. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like you said, giving that prompt of why and then kind of unpacking those those things. Like you're just like, oh, okay. You're putting points together, you know, connecting mm. the dots. That's yeah. what I meant to say. Yeah. And putting points together. That literally <laughs> is putting points together. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's, yeah that's what you're doing. <laughs> um, but I was just going to say we can cut this part out. But um, <laughs> last year I – I was Snapchatting this guy. And we're just going back and forth, just like Snapchatting, like, uh-huh. and um, yeah, you know, what it is. <laughs> and, um, and I kept putting like the filter on, and he was like, "Your complexion is so beautiful. Stop using those filters." And he was white, and I was like, "Huh?" Oh. Like he actually called me out for like using that, and I was like, "I sometimes I didn't even realize I was doing it. Just swipe right, and then send. You yeah. know, like it was just like a yeah. thing." Um, even if I was wearing makeup and the acne was already covered, I was like, oh, but my skin looks better that way. And yeah, part of it was because of it was lighter, and, you know? And like pretty recently, I would say maybe last year, they've like for a while had the black and white filter, but like just last year, they have like a newer, lighter filter, if you've noticed. So like, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you go like black and white and then it's like the orange tone. And then if you swipe one more, it's like just lighter. Everything is just lighter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is the part of the episode where we play a game with our guests that's a little this or that type game that we have so brilliantly named this or that. So we ask you five questions, this or that, coffee or tea, Coke or Pepsi kind of questions, and you just say the first one that comes to your mind. Can't go back on it. No defending it. Um, And that's it. (laughs) Okay. Let's do this. All right. Or that. Gold or silver? Gold. Robes or onesies? (laughs) Rogues. <laughs> night in or night out? Night in. Bath or shower? Shower. Rainy day or sunny day? Sunny day. Oh, nice. Okay. I like Hi. it. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> random random things we can get to know and we should note you're wearing a pretty kick-ass penguin it looks super cozy robe right now it's really cute yeah, yeah so it would I'd, i have to pick robe i mean i, I would be lying if i picked anything else <laughs> i have this mini mouse onesie that it like the hood of it has um 
the bow and the ears. Oh, that's oh I love so it. Cute. Yeah. And I just like sit at home with my dog in my mini mouse onesie <laughs> and drink wine. <laughs> my life is really glamorous. Oh, that sounds amazing. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is a big topic. Um because I think that this doesn't get talked about enough and it, mm-hmm. it's still something that people think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with all the other issues that have been coming up um, with women's rights and and just being like brown as it is as a minority group. And then you have all these like subgroups of how how brown you are. You know, I think that stuff mm-hmm. gets pushed yeah. aside and that people are really overlooked. So I, I'm glad that we did this. I'm so glad that you could take the time to talk to us. And Oh, no, I was looking forward to it a lot. So I'm yeah, excited yeah, to have done true. it. Oh, yay. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, as always. You've been so great, and I can't wait to hang out. <laughs> if you like fashion magazines, higher education, or shady Indian girls, share this with someone you like. Or someone who needs to know that every shade of brown is beautiful. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. This was great talking to you. It was nice talking to you too. So if you ever find yourself here, you must let me know. Absolutely. We will. Have a good day. (laughs) All right. Bye. Bye. Oh, yay. I love her. (laughs) That was so fun. (laughs) Oh my God. She's amazing.